Hi, guys. Sean and I have some exciting news. Uh, we have created official Twitter and Instagram accounts for the Oh, Mr. Sheffield podcast. It is at Oh, Mr. Chef pod on both platforms. And that is Oh, Mr. Chef with two Fs. So Oh, Mr. Chef pod. Check it out. Follow us. It's going to have all the latest and greatest from us about this show. Um, and we hope you like it. Now enjoy the episode. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. The Flushing Girl from Flushing. The nanny named Fran. Oh, Mr. Sheffield. Miss Fine. Fine. No, no, you're right. Nook slap. Nook slap. I was right. Yeah, nook slap. Okay, sorry. All right, here we go. (laughs) You do it. You do it. Welcome, everybody, to episode four of Oh, Mr. Sheffield, our podcast about the nanny. Uh, I am Toria Sheffield, no relation um, to anything. (laughs) And I'm here with my co-host, Sean DePasquale. Hello. Uh, And this episode is called... uh, Say it with me, Sean. No, it's called nuch the Nuch Slap. Nuch Slap. Nuch Slap. Nuch Slap. Oy vey. The Nuch Slap. Nuch Slap. Which is a Yiddish nuch. expression. Nuch. I was telling Sean, it's like the, the wasp half of me is fighting with the Jewish half. I mean, it's not letting my mouth say the word. Nuch Slap. It is a Jewish expression. It's Yiddish. So I guess we should start with our Yiddish expression of the week right at the top, because that's what the show did, the title of the episode, which is episode four, by the way, if you're listening. Um, Technically episode five of our podcast, but it's- Who's counting? Who's counting? counting? Uh, So anyway, the Nuch Slap is uh, Yiddish. What does it mean, Toria? It means a tag along. Yeah. So like a like an annoying, it's basically like a Yiddish expression for a third wheel, which I just think they didn't have that that term yet. But it's like, yeah, it's like someone who like won't is not part of your group, but is always there and won't leave you alone. Mm-hmm. Uh, so mm-hmm. uh, and and the episode uh, perfectly encapsulates the title because Fran believes that she is being a uh, slep when she is forced to join um, to join mm-hmm. uh, Maggie on a date. Uh, with a character who returns from the pilot, surprisingly, uh, played little, by good little, old Cyclops. Uh, <laughs> no, little Jimmy, uh, Jimmy Marsden. Oh yeah, little Jimmy Marsden yeah, shows up. Yeah, James, James Marsden, uh, who plays, yeah, Cyclops in the X-Men franchise is, uh, billed as Jimmy. <laughs> yeah, Jimmy. Yeah. He was, listen, he was young. He couldn't be J- J- James Marsden. That's like his dad. Yeah. He's like, I'm Jimmy Marsden here. Zippity zoop. Um, and he's, you know, he's super adorable. And again, X-tree, this is the extra. Read all about it. <laughs> oh, I hate you, man. Um, but so um he, he again is the the waiter that Maggie kisses in the pilot episode. She shares her first kiss with him. His the character's name is Eddie. Yeah. And basically, you know, the episode starts, Niles is feeling very under the weather. We mm-hmm. actually have a gay joke, I believe, uh, where Niles mm-hmm. says, 
I'm feeling a little queer, Miss Fine. And she's like, oh, well. Finally, like, you're coming out of the closet. <laughs> yeah, some, something like that. Um, <laughs> which, again, we, we discussed this a little earlier. It's definitely a gay joke, but um, it's not necessarily a mean-spirited gay joke, but still, mm, well, we don't need it. We, we don't need it he's anymore. Not, he's not gay, right? Yeah, it's 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 a, the, the problem with it, it. No, no, Niles is not. Though right. I, I keep thinking that I think if the um, I think if the nanny was made today, he probably would be. Mm. Mm-hmm. Maybe that, eh, maybe not. That's sort of stereotypical because he ha- he's so sassy and catty, and he's like Niles is bitchy, um, and yeah. it's so delightful. So you know that's that's playing on a very um stereotypical gay trope, which actually maybe wouldn't be the best thing anymore. Um, right. Which is but- what I think the show. That's where I think the show missteps. And it's, you know, in in retrospect is it's like, oh, they're just making a joke out of the idea of like, oh, being gay is like a, is like the fact that he would be gay is the butt of the joke. Like yeah, that's the you're, punchline. You're right. You are. That's you know? very fair. Um, but so we yeah, we start on a joke that is thankfully now um, out very outdated. Yeah, very outdated. Um, yeah. And um but we move oh, past it pretty quickly, so he's not <laughs> feeling well. You know, he says, "I'm I'm feeling queer," and she says, "Oh, you're gay," and he says, "No, I'm I'm feeling like ill." And then she's like, "Oh my goodness!" And she tells him like right away, you know, she's like, "Take the day off. Like, I'll take care of everything. I'm gonna order Chinese food for the kids." Yeah, um, and she actually says, she says to Mr. Sheffield, uh, "This will be a cultural experience. We'll order Chinese food so they can learn how Jewish people eat." <laughs> Which and so <laughs> it's true i mean it's a chinese food trope but it's great <laughs> oh yeah it's it's definitely uh from it's life great. yep but yep. so so she goes off and is ordering chinese food for the kids and uh, meanwhile, a little B plot, which was just so cruel to Cece. Um, we oh, cut to dog. Mr. Sheffield in his office, and he's like, "Ah, Cece, like I have a, a birthday gift for you. Like, close your eyes and sit down." And she's like, "Oh, Maxwell." And he goes, and he, and he also tells her to put out her hand. Yeah, put out her hand, and then gives her this long speech about how. Uh, a woman as wonderful as her shouldn't have to come home to an empty home alone and really yeah. should have someone in her life. And so dot, and of dot, course, dot. We've set up at this point now we're four episodes in of like, she, she likes Mr. Sheffield. She like wants a relationship with him. I mean, she, she seems to have like a little bit of, you know, Oh, I think they're for sure. Your qualities to her in, in some of her comments about like wanting the life that, that Fran is living right now is the, you know, like the, the fancy life that he has, but yeah. Um, and they're for which sure. I, don't quite I think get cause she comes from money, right? Oh, well I think they're like, they're dating. Like they're definitely doing it. Are like, they? There have been, yeah. Like I think that's clear. She, they are romantically involved and she, but she wishes it was more serious. Cause I remember, I think it was like in the pilot she calls and um, Mr. Sheffield goes, oh, I'll take it in the library. And then Niles goes, see, like, Miss Babcock loves being taken to the library. And Fran goes, I'll bet. Uh, uh, um, uh, I, my my impression of the of their relationship is, like, they're romantic, but he doesn't – he would never consider marrying her. And, like, her ultimate dream and fantasy would be, like, oh, Maxwell will propose to me. Um, so they're yeah. on very – they have very different expectations for what's happening. Yeah, very different um, perceptions of what the relationship is. Which is why it's so – it's actually cruel when uh, yes. then instead of giving her an engagement ring, he brings out a small dog. Um, Niles actually brings out on a leash. He's clearly – 
giddy uh, <laughs> at how mean this is. And uh, it's just this great moment where it's like Cece's face drops. She tries to seem uh, appreciative. And then the dog instantly tries to bite her, at which point Fran saunters in and the dog loves Fran. Uh, so it's just, it was just, just a delightful moment. Which makes um, sense because it was Fran's real life dog that they used tr- in yes. this episode. Chester is, is, mm-hmm. yeah. Chester Dresher. It's kind of great. Chester Dresser. Um, but so basically, um, we kind of we got derailed with the B plot, but basically the Chinese delivery guy is Eddie, and yeah. he and Maggie instantly lock eyes, and it's a very like, oh my gosh, like I'm I'm so happy you're back in my life moment and he asks her on a date Mm -hmm. and this is the central conflict of the episode or actually one of several um but fran has to go ask mr sheffield if maggie can go on the date and at which point he says only if you are her chaperone and that's how we circle back to the whole incident or or uh motif um and they go on this date and it's again it's it's just you gotta love Fran Drescher. She is she's so funny, zingy, um, very charming, um, and it's this huge um juxtaposition to Maggie, who is like still very shy, a wallflower, has no idea what to say to Eddie. Um, and it's like painfully awkward, but also very funny. Um, which unfortunately leads to I, I would say the or, or maybe fortunately, the real conflict, which is the next day at breakfast, where so many of our scenes take place. Um, Eddie calls. Let me walk you through all the sets on the show real quick. So there's. <laughs> Sorry, uh, go ahead. <laughs> wait, no, Sean, take it away. Uh, but so um, Maggie is sort of. She's just bemoaning the fact that she feels like she performed terribly on this date. She's so boring. She's not charming like Fran. Fran tries to reassure her, at which point Eddie calls, but he calls for Fran. Fran takes the call, is super uncomfortable, hangs up, and is basically like, "Um, he wants to see me this coming Friday. So it would appear that Fran was so charming that she actually may have stolen Maggie's boyfriend or potential boyfriend. Um. And of course, you know, Maggie is very upset. And I guess for the second time in two weeks, storms off, leaving their delicious breakfast buffet. Yes. <laughs> um, um, well, and we, we we skipped the 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 date, though, right? Because because the date happens um, before Fran gets called the call, right? Yes. Um, yes. And so I, she I breathed over it. So, so Max or Mr. Sheffield is basically like, okay, you got to go out on this date with them. Like you, you set this whole thing up. You need to go chaperone. And you know, she's like, I don't want a chaperone. It's like such an outdated concept. He's like too bad. And then she's like, well, the real reason I don't want to go is because I don't want to be like the nuchschlep. And you know, that's where you get the title of the episode. She doesn't want to be like the hanger on. And he's like, well, too bad go. Um, and so she goes on the date with them and, you know, she ends up being very charming. She's herself and she's very charming and she's making like great jokes. And, um, and, uh, and, and that is sort of what I think leads Maggie to believe that he's calling for with, (laughs) with romantic interest, uh, in Fran, because she is like kind of charming and Maggie sort of clocks it in that scene that like, why is she doing all the talking? You know, mm-hmm. um, 
Yes. And yeah. so, the, you know, now Maggie is is livid at Fran, storms out. Um, and it, was, it kind of has this nice moment where um, at first Mr. Sheffield tries to calm Maggie down is sort of like calm down like don't be rude to Miss Fine and Fran counters with no 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 like let her express herself it'll be good for her it'll be good for all of us which I actually thought was sort of a very a very emotionally mature thing and that is like kind of like the crux of um what Fran brings to this family which is a warmth and an understanding even though of course it just ends up hurting Fran even more like I think she ends up crying (laughs) and it's like so you know we all feel better now um but so uh Maggie is is upset she's in her room and uh this is this there's another scene that happens right after this which is very cute which is basically uh, Mr. Sheffield is like following Fran around the house while Fran is tidying and they're again having this very like husband wife back and forth where she's like handing him stuff to hold while she folds and um they're very sort of like um working working together very well and he's kind of like well why do you have to be so charming anyway um you know and honestly it's more like you're her friend sometimes than her nanny which gives fran the idea (coughs) like ah yes like i'm more like her like her friend like that's genius um so fran basically goes upstairs talks to maggie and is like uh kind of trying to bribe her like a like a friend would she brings her some chocolate and she's like what does she do she like basically is like you don't have to worry because we're we're friends and there's a girl code. We're girlfriends yeah, so and she, there's a girl she, code. Yeah, she basically says like, you know, look, I, I would never do this because like you're more important to me as a friend than any boy could ever be. So like I'm going to break up with him. And like, you know, Grace is like – or Maggie's Maggie. like, oh my god. She's like, you would do that for me? Like, you know, because she – as she said even in the last episode, you know, she's, she just – she looks up to Fran, you know, like she mm-hmm. clearly just wants Fran to like her and, and all this stuff. And so she, um, you know, and wants to be liked. And so she's like flattered by this. And Fran's like, yeah, of course, like, you know, of course I'm going to uh, do that for you. You know, no, no big deal. So they, they invite him back over so that she can do that. And, um, <laughs> and he, he goes, uh, he has a great line where she's like, look, I just like, you know, I thought you were going to, you wanted to date me. And uh, and he goes, no, you're old enough to be my. And she goes, watch it. And he goes, uh, sister. And uh, <laughs> so he's like clearly not into it. What he really wanted uh, was just to use her, basically. <laughs> like he wanted to use her to be a casting director um, and get get his headshot to uh, to Mr. Sheffield because he's an actor and he wants mm-hmm. to act. Um, which but is cute. To- it's a cute way to resolve to- that. Well, to his credit, also, he's like, I wanted to ask you and not Maggie because I really like Maggie and I don't want her to think that I'm using her. Yeah. Um, and and Fran's like, oh, but you're cool using me. And he's like, well, yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but so, you know, and it's just uh, turns out it all been this big misunderstanding. Um, Maggie had been, you know, worried for no reason. And it also this whole episode has this running gag of people uh spying on other people from the butler's pantry yes (laughs) and great gag yes and it's like you know it's the kind of thing where it's like fran will will open up the door and niles will literally like have his ear to to it um in this very exaggerated hilarious way and then i think at the end of this scene when fran is quote-unquote breaking up with eddie and then kind of gets broken up with first 
she goes and opens the door and the entire family, including like Mr. Sheffield and all the kids are, are there like listening with a glass to the door. Yes. Um, it's a really nice little callback moment. But so yep. it's uh, it's another episode where you're kind of like, what what would the plots have e- engines have even been if there was no teenage daughter? Because I think what yes. that is, that is two, uh, two, let's see, of four episodes, three of four episodes so far that have really centered around Maggie or some conflict with Maggie, right? There's the pilot, which is the yep. first kiss. There's the debutante ball. And then there's this. Yeah. No, I yeah. mean, I don't know. I mean, I, I guess you, you could, you, you could have pulled off the debutante ball, I suppose with um, grace. Like it could have just been some no, other party so, maybe. Uh, I don't know, but I, um, yeah, I guess. Like, you know, but, but yeah, I don't, I don't really understand. Yeah. I would love to, to see what version of this show would have existed if there wasn't this older child for them to, to clearly pull so many stories from, you know, these interactions and it, and it gives Fran and um, Mr. Sheffield more, you know, I think parents, parenting styles don't really start to, you know, in, in, in most functioning relationships don't really start to differ until you get to like those teenage years and it becomes a much more difficult, uh, uh, you know, it's not just like changing diapers and making sure the kid doesn't like fall into the pool and drown it. Like suddenly you're, you're having to make choices like moral choices as parents of like what, you know, and like, that's where I think people can differ greatly. And this show does a great job of using that to generate a lot of conflict between, mm-hmm. you know, Fran and Mr. Sheffield. Uh, Cause it's like, he's obviously a more buttoned down kind of guy and she buttoned is a up. woman or buttoned up. Yeah. And, and, and she's, you know, she's a woman um, who's not nearly as buttoned up. So she has like an edge over him as far as like, well, look, I am a woman. So I'm, you know, this is a, your daughter, uh, not your son. And then also obviously like Maggie's most always going to want to do uh, the thing that that Fran is is advocating for, because Fran has always got the more fun point of view of things, you know, the more free freedom for the child. Um, I a hundred percent agree, especially with what you were saying about uh, basically like conflict arising over teenagers more when you're parenting. But I was also going to laugh because I was like, "Wow, don't we fake like we have." raise children really well yeah <laughs> like, like just acting like, like oh well i mean from i mean, mean we're, we're both childless adults but we have clearly a lot of opinions on i'm old like enough to, to have a lot of friends that have children and i've watched them raise them from children to and they're all now teenage teenage girls and boys and they're all going off to college and shit so um yeah i mean i was speaking anecdotally for sure but but i think that I mean, I just think it's like you don't need to have kids. It's just like a logical thing, right? Like there's like just way less problems uh, that mm-hmm. that you can have. I mean, you can't have too many differing opinions on like how to change a diaper or when or, you know, like there's just teaching- higher stakes. There's higher yeah. s- stakes uh, for the differing opinions, the older everyone gets, because, you yes. know, it's like when can the kid drive at night? Can the kid drive with friends <laughs> in the car? Like those are <laughs> those are seemingly uh, small decisions that are. I mean, 
I feel like that my parents have, fought about have considerable consequences. Yeah. I was never allowed to, to drive with uh, friends' parents, anyone that my mom didn't, especially friends' older brothers or anything. Anyone my mom didn't personally know and have been in the car with, I wasn't allowed to get in the car with. Wow. I think that's actually a step up from even my mother. Well, wow. my mom's sister died in a car wreck mm. when she was like, I think my mom was like 14 at the time and her oh sister was like God. 16, 17. So I, I think that was like kind of, I mean, now this was also like, there were no seatbelts in that car. You know, there was like a lot of things that I can remember growing up and being like, but mom, it's different. You know, like cars are better. Um, but it, you know, it was also like, you could only push it so far. And then she'd be like, well, when your sister dies in a car accident, then I guess you'll raise your children different. And I was like, all right, I won't. So my Jewish mother's version of that is uh, whenever I had kids over for sleepovers, she would lock the basement door because she was convinced that in the night somebody would get up to use the bathroom, go to the wrong door and fall down the stairs. (laughs) (laughs) It's because when she was a kid, they had this like housekeeper lady that would come to the house like once every two weeks. And she was an old lady and it happened to her. <laughs> so, oh, is she okay? I shouldn't laugh. She broke a hip. She, she like broke a leg or something. She oh broke a bone. God. It was bad. It was, you know, it was oh, yeah, bad. Yeah, yeah. And um, so forever after, my mom is very, very aware of people accidentally going down the falling wrong door the and falling down the stairs. And uh, she would not only lock the door, but she would like talk, she would lecture and lecture about it before. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, just either just lock the door and don't say anything. Don't, don't waste all our fun chill yeah. time <laughs> telling Explaining me, this horrible begging, story. And begging my friends not to go down <laughs> to the die. wrong door. Do you, but, uh, do you have anything like that? I don't know that I've had, I mean, knock on wood, I've been, you know, obviously very blessed. Like, I don't, I don't really have anything that I'm like, oh, this happened to me and it fucked me up forever. Now I'm going to make sure my kids like know this one specific thing, you know? No, I I don't have anything as high stakes as either of the things that we, that both our parents, I have little things where it's like, you know, uh, when I see someone like put a purse on a kitchen counter, I think it's like the most disgusting thing I've ever seen only because, (laughs) only because my mom and aunt, you know, they constantly talk about like how germy your purse is the germiest thing that you own. And you know, it's, 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 there's small neuroses that I really have. Do they have those little table hook things that they carry around with them? Because my grandma had one of those. Um, if they don't, it's only because they don't know they exist. <laughs> oh, yeah. My my grandma found – she was big on this. This is not news to me, this purse thing. So she found there's this little thing that they started making. <clears throat> it's like a little metal la- like hook basically. And you like put it on the, end of the t- on, the, on, on the end of any table in any restaurant and it just kind of rests there. And then you can hook your purse to it so your purse doesn't touch the floor. And she used to – carry them around with her she had them in her car like so she never had to touch her purse to the ground i gotta i gotta send this to all the older women in my family um but so it's more stuff like that and like so i actually have my roommate who's i've lived with for many years does not come from a jewish family does not have any of those neuroses and it was like a real rude awakening when i realized that like other people don't have the same (coughs) neuroses uh, yeah, neuroses that I just grew up thinking were like common sense things. And, you know, and now my roommate, she'll be like, have you ever, have you ever gotten sick from your purse? And I'll be like, well, <laughs> who's to say? Maybe it's I funny mean, yeah, times I haven't because yeah, I. You don't know that you haven't. Like, yeah. 
You don't yeah. know that you haven't gotten a cold because of something on the bottom of your purse that you put on like your couch or something. I mean, who knows? We've gone way off book. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what was your favorite line of this episode of The Nanny? Okay, okay. Let's come back to this. By um, the way, we're still talking about the Nuchschlep, uh, <laughs> uh of episode of The Nanny. Um. <laughs> for, for those who uh, actually stayed through that whole uh, therapy, therapy session, <laughs> session um, let's get we'll get back on track um favorite lines um i i really liked this scene when uh niles had made these uh amazingly fancy belgian waffles for breakfast and he like gives some speech about how like his father's father had made them for some king and nan uh, fran walks in and goes oh eggos yep. <laughs> and then uh, he goes, no, Belgian. And she tastes one and he goes, and she goes, close. As if like he had clearly been t- aiming for egos. <laughs> yeah. And they weren't quite as good. Yeah. 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 Uh, just, just a delightful little moment. That's a good line. Um, my favorite line of the episode really comes down to setup and delivery, but it's, it's when they're in the, the, it's when they're arguing about <clears throat> Fran kind of making the whole date about her and Maggie's like, you know, you you made the whole thing about you. And she's like, I can't help it that I'm interesting. Like, it's not my fault. Like, I wasn't doing anything. And then Niles comes in and he goes, it's the telephone for you, Fran. And Fran goes, me? And he goes, yes, you. You, 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 you. <laughs> and he hands her the phone. And it's, it's such a good delivery. Like, <laughs> it's such a good delivery. I love that. Um I love that so much. And then I also like the random old lady in the movie theater uh, when she says uh, the, her husband, her old husband goes, is overhearing Fran talk. And he says, what is she saying? And the old lady turns to him and she goes, she's talking about the old days when she had a life. Yes. <laughs> yes. That, that was a running uh, gag throughout this episode and theme is that like, you know, Fran feels like those days are behind her and she, she doesn't want to accompany Maggie on the date. Cause she feels like a loser doing it. Um, yeah. But yeah, that was a gr- great dynamic. Um, I also really loved that. Um, not only did Cece, uh, not only did the dog not like Cece, but I think in the last scene of the episode, Cece saunters in and she's wearing this huge fox fur around her neck. And there's this second where everybody thinks she has killed and skinned the dog. <laughs> um, and then the dog comes, you know, running in right after that. But uh, and I think, I think there's a had- gasp. I think there's an audible like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And the, the very last line is Fran picks up Chester the dog and goes, be careful. She might need a muff. <laughs> it's just so silly. And, uh, you know, just paints Cece as this Corella DeVille type uh, so much um and it's so and then, well it, it highlights how easy it is to paint like they didn't do much work to paint her as that she just had to show up with fur <laughs> after being introduced as not liking this dog and it was very believable like oh no <laughs> <It's great. laughs> um and so uh, real quick since we have gone again so off the rails this week um i will i'll take us to nanny facts um this is this is uh, maybe on an interesting level. It's probably only a four, but it, it goes well with this episode. Maggie has two boyfriends 
two actors played Maggie's boyfriends in this series that like went on to become well-known. There was James Marsden, who we've already been introduced to, and Barry Watson from Seventh Heaven will uh, eventually appear. Whoa. Mm-hmm. He was the brother, right? Like the oldest, the, the, the oldest yes. brother. Yes. He was the wow. big brother and he was one of those those actors who there was like a hot second where it seemed like maybe he was going to break out and do something beyond the WB. He was in like teaching Mrs. Tingle, yep. but it never materialized. Didn't work out. No. Sorry, Barry. Um, unlike little Jimmy Marsden. Unlike, well, you know, maybe he needed a name glow up like Jimmy. Jimmy was like, hey, now I'm a serious adult. I'm going to be James Marsden. You know, maybe he needed a... Uh, Baron. Baron like Barry. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know what Barry is short for, but... <laughs> Yeah, Bartholomew. What is probably is short? What is Barry short for? Right. Let me see. Is that just a name? I am Barry. Uh. Oh. Oh no. I don't think it's short for anything. Oh, meet Bartholomew. Ah, Bartholomew. Bartholomew. Yeah. Hey, it's me, Bartholomew. I mean, Bartholomew Watson might have. He might have been in an X Men franchise, right? Or Bart. He could have gone with Bart. Bart's no, you know what? I think ultimately, ultimately, I don't think there's anything Barry Watson could have done <laughs> to make him feel, uh, more castable. Oof. Sorry, Barry. So I, I guess Barry Watson's also not going to come be on this show. Oh God, I hope he does. I hope he doesn't listen. That's Add so mean. To the list. <laughs> I was just making it. I was just making a joke. Barry. He's like, I was on that show once. I should listen to this podcast series about it. <laughs> Oh no! Um, and okay, so we did. We covered our Yiddish phrase. Who's the CC? Who's the Fran? Okay, I'm gonna be. I'm gonna be very complimentary, but also very er- egotistical to us both. Okay, I think we're both the Fran because mm-hmm. I think we're both very charming when we want to be. Yeah, not charming all the time, but we can turn it on. Yes. But if um, one of us has to be the CC, it's probably me, I guess. No. I, I, do you like dogs? I love dogs. You don't like oh, dogs? Oh, yeah. So then it's me. Yeah, I'm <gasps> not really a dog person. I mean, I, they're what? fine. I don't like when I hurt them, but like, yeah, and I think they're really cute, you know, but like, um, it's too much work for me. I don't want that much work. What about cats? There's no work involved. So you like cats? I mean, I Neutral. I would rather have a cat just because I'm lazy and I don't want to have to put any effort into the relationship, you know? So you're not, you're just not a big animal person. I <clears> guess <throat> I didn't know this about you, but I, I see you being, I guess, more like a baby person than an animal person. Yeah, I'd rather have a baby because a baby, you, you get back what you put in, you know, like, and eventually it's going to talk to you and stuff one day and like you have like a real relationship with it. A dog is as needy as a baby, but then it just stays a baby forever. And, um, you know, and a cat is like an actual pet, like a fish, you know, where it's just like, yeah, it exists. It's an animal that lives in my home and it's mostly domesticated, like, except when it isn't because it's an animal and it's, it doesn't crave my attention, like, See, or even we're, care, <laughs> all that. We're, we're so different because I think the benefit to a dog is that it's a forever baby. And you get the best part of the baby without all the bullshit, you know, adult, you know, having to have a conversation with it later and hearing its opinions. Oh, you just get the un- you get the unconditional love of the baby. No, I, I like seeing all of my effort into shaping a baby into a human being develop into a human being. Um, whereas, like, the best you get out of a dog is like it can like push those buttons where it knows how to talk. Have you seen those dogs? 
Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I, oh, have I seen them? I mean, that shit amazes me, man. I I follow like fifty of them on TikTok. I could watch those videos all day. No, but no. Outside, I, I go. It's like, whoa! How does he know to do that? What? Uh, no, I could. I could not have a different opinion on what is what is attractive about child rearing. But I guess that's why I'll be like my mom, where it's like all she does is lament the fact that we're no longer babies. Well, so there you go. You're you're definitely. I'm definitely the CC of the episode. Uh, when it comes to uh, animals, um, you know, and you do, again, you do love wearing, one. you love wearing I fur. I do love my furs. It's um, true. I love my mink coat. This was a great episode of our podcast. And it was also a great episode of the TV show that our podcast is about. Um, I, where would you put this episode? Where would you rate this one? I think that this one is, um, third or fourth place for me so far i yeah. think for me my fair nanny is the front runner then the pilot mm-hmm. um actually no this might be f- this might be four I-, I take it back this is four this is lowest on the totem pole for me but still very good but i like the other three better so far oh interesting see i <clears throat> i think i put this one uh over episode two um i like this one a little bit a little bit more than episode two um but but marginally, you know, they're all still great. Uh, but <laughs> I, My I Fair Lady it, and the pilot are just really, they're so far the strongest we've seen. Um, I really hope we get into this level of detail by the time we're on like episode 70, where we get, we're just going to list off like, I mean, 65, 67, 43, 42, probably right tied with 34, 19. Yeah, I mean, like, listen, we'll God willing, God willing. That will become the, this will become an hour and a half to three hours every week as we stop the order. It'll be, it'll be five minutes of talking about the episode, 15 minutes of talking about uh, uh, Jewish uh, psychological issues that we have uh, for being raised by Jewish parents. Uh, uh, 26 minutes of listing off what episodes we like in what order, 13 minutes of me re- describing how the sets were built. Um. Um, okay. This has been wonderful. Thank you guys so much for listening. Sean, where can they find us? Uh, online. You can find me at Sean Writes on Twitter, where I'm constantly tweeting about this show and talking about it and how excited I am to be doing it. And where can they find you to learn about the show? Um, I think start by following me on Instagram, which is just Toria Sheffy and it's two F's and a Y. So Toria Sheffy. Yep. And as always, uh, you can listen to this podcast wherever podcasts are listened to. Don't forget to rate it and subscribe and like it and leave a review and do all those things because the more comments we get and rates and likes and all that stuff, then the more the algorithm will have other people find it that might also want to hear about two, uh, Jewish people talk about the nanny and how it relates to them. (laughs) Because that's what podcasting is. All right, everybody. This was um, a podcast. Thank you for listening. Goodbye. Bye. The Flushing Girl from Flushing. The nanny named Fran. Oh, Mr. Sheffield. uh, Miss Fine.